Welcome to Voice Nodes. I'm Justine, an intuitive practitioner and a curious critical thinker. This audio share is a documentation of my journey as an explorer of life, sharing my tips, detours, and evolutions on my spiritual path. In sharing my story and my thoughts of today, I am furthering my path of healing and hoping to heal others along the way. So thank you for joining me. Settle in. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's begin. Hello. Welcome. I know exactly what today is about. I've been thinking about this episode for the last week now. The subject is BDSM. I am in a unexpected season of being confronted with my own thoughts on this. I should probably disclose that I'm not in a relationship and I'm not with someone who's currently interested in this. I'm not with someone in general. And I think that that's potentially why it's such a bizarre season is there's no reason for me to be in this, yet I am. So that also makes me think like, what the fuck's coming? Um, Am I going to meet like my twin flame? And they're like, by the way, I'll only be the dom. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So that's a good place to start because that is where this season has started. Um, my season of BDSM. Um, I don't know contextually, like time-wise, but it started with a, a guy on Hinge in Calgary. Um, I've like definitely dabbled in dating apps. My experience with them in the last six months has been almost from a place of control of just like being able to say no to absolutely everyone. Uh, a friend of mine jokes that I'm like the pig on in Toy Story that when he takes over the remote control, he like flips just way too fast. Uh, that is how I approach dating apps, especially in the last six months. But one profile that stood out to me, And like I had seen it several times, like I, I often clear the deck and then I go through it again, is this man. And I, this is completely open to other people having feedback because this may be a blind spot for me. But he had wrote that he, there was quite a bit of I don't know what I, I don't know what you call vocabulary that's like specific to a certain subject matter, but he had a lot of that in his profile regarding or relating to BDSM. And he is a white man. I think he was maybe aged like 30. Um I don't know why it's like interesting, but <clears throat> his profile was like, you know, classic hockey boy. He was like relatively buff. Um, and his thing said that he's only a dom daddy, which the season of BDSM began when I came across this profile, probably for like the fifth or the eighth time and was like insanely triggered by this. 
And it's the kind of thing where I'm still thinking about it. I, I feel like I have quite a bit of clarity about what I think now on it. But my where I arrived at is like, oh, and especially the fact that he's straight. So he's a straight white man interested in women and interested in submissive women. And it just, it put me over the edge because I'm like, is everyday society not enough for you? The oppression of women, the fact that you're at the top of the patriarchy, it just like, it speaks so loudly to his level of consciousness. That might not be fair, but I think that that's true. And his tone deafness. Because I'm like, you have absolutely no fucking clue of your privilege. Otherwise, you wouldn't be looking to further oppress women. And actually, the fact that you get off on... making or you get off on feeling like the dominant I'm like that's your waking life do you not realize that and it's not enough for you that you have to further exasperate this in the bedroom which is like the most intimate and safe space um I think sex is like quite sacred and I and even outside of spirituality I think it's just it's a place where two people are incredibly vulnerable, whether you're fucking like porn stars or whether you're like into tantric practices, both or like any sort of BDSM or kink, um, all of it requires a level of vulnerability and hopefully consent. A hundred percent. There should be consent. So I think I have, this is probably the episode I have so many emotions about. Like I could scream and I could yell and I could cry. And I, there's, there's just a lot in this for me. Um, I mean, I could go into like past life, what I think it is, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on like what I'm talking about today because there's been a few things since that have really guided me on this journey of like exploring my thoughts around it. And what I really think is fascinating is that when I turned 30, I'm currently 34, I really went into this like sex education bender. Um, And a place that I arrived at of like, you know how there's like the person you like to think you are and then the person you, you currently are according to your behaviors. The person that I had decided that I wanted to be is someone that if I was ever in a relationship with someone I enjoyed and like the intimacy was good, I wanted to be the person where they could suggest anything sexually. And my motto would be the answer is never no, it's not yet. Because I think like sometimes we just need time. And I I like to think I'm quite a curious person. And I, I am often intrigued in confronting my sort of hard nose and I, I I wouldn't say they're boundaries if I haven't really given them much thought I also tend to think we live in a society where we have these emotional reaction to things that we then deem as morals or boundaries I mean if you look at pro-life versus pro-choice I would say a lot of pro-life people um come to that argument from that place of like 
this is what I've heard. This is what I believe. This is what I'm going to hang my hat on. It's a boundary. It's a hard no. Nothing's ever going to change. And like that ideology is like so counterintuitive to humans, to nature. I mean, everyone knows the only constant is change. So I just, I, I am extremely adverse to anything that is like a hard no, especially if it's about if it's a hard no regarding me being able to learn more about myself or accessing other parts of myself. Um, and I think like sex is one of the best, best things for that as well, as well as like any sort of political or controversial discussions, whether it's like vaccines or abortion rights or whatever. Um, So yes, that is why I think I was like, when I saw this guy's profile, because I was like finding a hard no inside me. And I was like, where does this come from? And is this like evangelical upbringing, which one day I'll maybe go into? Is this like, you know, prudish behavior? Is this an emotional reaction? Like what the fuck gives? And where I... Have landed on recently, and I'll, I'll still take you through my other sort of benchmarks or milestones or I don't know resources on this in this season. Is that I'm like I am such a firm believer that the body keeps the score. It's a book. I haven't read it, but I know the premise and I know the concepts, and I entirely agree. I prescribe to the fact that on a cellular level, our cells don't know the difference of joking or role-playing or just any sort of verbal cues that are um, maybe the opposite of empowering, like the body doesn't know. And so that can affect like posture over time that it, it anyway, it can manifest in like so many things. Um, and as someone who has bad posture, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't want anything more that can sort of make me feel less than which is why I find the idea of a dom so triggering. And like, okay, so another part of this for me is also the fact that I'm like, if you want to enter into BDSM, have it, have at it. I'm, this is like strictly my point of view on this. But the other thing is like, I firmly believe sex is about being hyper-present with who you both are. Maybe there's five of you but with who you all are in that moment. Again, for someone explicitly to say like, I am only a dom, I'm like, that's you saying like, I'm only ever the CEO. I'm only ever in charge. I'm only ever the one calling the shots. I'm like, again, it goes back to like the hard no thing of like, how have you created a boundary about something that is like counterintuitive because we are humans that are evolving as I've as like I've already said this but I'm like the idea that the power dynamics in your relationship are not changing in a moment to moment on a moment to moment basis is fucking alarming to me because I'm like if I if I was with a partner and they're like hey I'm interested in BDSM like um sadism, masochism. I know how to spell them. I don't necessarily know how to pronounce them. Anyway, 
Um, and they were like, hey, I'm into this. My first question would be, are you open to oscillating between like the dom and the sub? If their answer is no, I'm out. If their answer is yes, I'm like, hmm, interesting. Because I'm like, I, I think that that's really normal. And I'm like, partake in BDSM all you want, but I'm like, you have to be able to be in both roles. And this is super important. Also, this leads me to the last milestone of this, which is in this season, which is a book called 11 Minutes by Paolo Coelho. Actually, this might be the third milestone. Okay, I'm going to go. I know I'm like jumping around a lot and it's, it is because I'm like, I'm fired up about this. There's a lot of chaos in my mind. So I'm going to try really hard to keep it on point and somewhat linear. So just as the overview, my entry points or my sort of milestones in this season, the first one was this hinge profile. The second one is the show Normal People by Sally Rooney. It was very popular in 2020 because it was a BBC production. Um, in Canada, I feel like it's only getting traction recently. I'm not sure why that is. I like to think it's because of me. Um, it's, that's entirely not true. That's why I'm paused to laugh at myself. But I am currently on like Operation Get Everyone to Watch This Show because it's epic. My third point is Paolo Coelho's 11 Minutes. He wrote The Alchemist. And my fourth one was... Um, I'm I'm worried about how to phrase this because I think people know this person. Um, but yeah, discovering somebody who is into being a sadist. And I want to say that the, I'm like, it actually didn't surprise me because something I learned when I worked for Lululemon and I was meeting um, quite a few personal trainers and bar instructors, yoga instructors... Um, there is actually a massive connection between people who are really into fitness and people who get pleasure from inflicting pain. So when this person disclosed this, I was like, I'm entirely not shocked at all because I've met many people who feel this way in that industry. And I think it's because, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I need to explain why their mindset is already there, but it's like the affiliation of like when I push myself to my limits and I confront my hard nose and, you know, just like doing things that are really uncomfortable and create a lot of pain, I get like the most pleasure out of like my body, out of the result, feeling how I feel, what I see in the mirror. Um, I feel like that connection is, is deep. And I really want to go back to normal people because that was my second my second milestone on this journey. And what I loved about that show, if you haven't seen it, is I'm like, whenever I try to sell people on like Sally Rooney and to watch the show now on Amazon Prime, is that I'm like, she is talking about childhood trauma and how it shows up, in my opinion, in millennial relationships. And that shit runs deep. And I, and the way she talks about it is like, it's not so much about what they say, but it's about what they don't say. And it's, it's just so much in the feelings. Like when I, when I finished that show, I sat in the bathtub for three hours, like didn't even care that the water had gone cold and was just like 
having moments of like almost like lucid dreaming where I was revisiting like past relationships, future relationships, parts of myself. And in that show, um, the character Marianne goes through, Alec has a partner where actually she has two, um, but she has one in particular where like BDSM is a big part of it. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's so big on the humiliation. And there, there was something like so deeply uncomfortable about watching it, like, I, I'm, I don't really like anything that like desensitizes violence and it, there was something like so much worse than like blood and gore and guns when you watch it in the context of sex and a woman and a partner that's like for the sake of pleasure uh, both ways um, is sort of saying like you're not worthy, you're less than and um Yeah, and being completely out of control and at the mercy of another. And I didn't have in any way the vocabulary to unpack this. And I, to be honest, I still don't think I do. Um, but intuitively, I was led to a bookstore. And I know where the Palo Coelho section is. Usually when I go there, I buy a book of his and there was like four copies of 11 minutes and I'd remember reading it being like oh another Palo Coelho book about like soulmates and twin flames I'm in um take a break from my rom-com erotica and I'll like read one of his which is like you know the spiritual story of sex and relationships so I'm like woohoo and I'd read the back of it I'm honestly going to say that the back of this book is not accurate to what the book is, but I'm sure if they wrote, like, this book is about BDSM and a prostitute, people would be like, ooh, no thanks. So that's what the book is about. It is about a prostitute named Maria who um, leaves Brazil, moves to Switzerland, finds herself in prostitution. She wasn't a prostitute before. Um, and then almost simultaneously meets her twin flame, who used to be into BDSM. And then she gets a client who is in BDSM and she's getting paid more. And there's like, there's this really interesting tug of war that happens. And I really, in, in her internal psyche, um, because she finds the feeling of surrender and letting herself fully go like into the space of love with the twin flame that scares her more than going fully into a place of a slave and their master, which is the dynamic within this BDSM um, client relationship. And they're like, that feels safer. And there's this really interesting exploration of like, why, being the submissive creates pleasure and you as she's like experiencing it you're reading it being like what and like definitely I mean it's written so well and so sexual that you're like a you could easily use that book as porn or like to masturbate to and b you're like I kind of want a partner or like I kind of want to experience this and then what I think he does a really good job of is that the twin flame 
when she feels safe enough to open up to him about this world, a world he already understands because he's already been there. And um, from the very beginning, he says, like, I'm interested in you because, like, sex no longer gives me pleasure. And what I find... I'm like, what do I want to say about this? Yeah, so what I would say in the book... And like, remember, this is like me drawing my own conclusions from it, is that it's, it's a, it's a lazy way of extracting pleasure. I mean, you're like handcuffs and whips and like getting slapped doesn't sound lazy, completely agree. But when the author compares it to a drug addiction, which is like, if you enter into this world and you find extreme pleasure, because it, just like running a marathon, just like doing anything physical where you're coming up against your, your limits. And again, that like that struggle and that wanting to give up and like, why the fuck am I here? And then eventually the ego just like goes somewhere. Um, and then you're exclusively in the body. That, that is a spiritual and transcendent experience. Um, and what he's saying is like, it's a cheap way of getting a transcendent experience. The same way that drugs are, the same way that um, like anything else that kind of gets you that quick hit to euphoria. I'm, I'm not well versed in addiction, but it's... Is sort of the shortcut. And when we think about all these people, especially on Instagram, who are talking, you know, like the holistic psychologists and like the Mark Groves of the world that create the love and the Esther Perel's, when people are talking about doing the work, that's essentially what he's saying. It's like the, the harder and the longer road to reaching transcendence and reaching euphoria and reaching that moment of climax but like euphoric climax otherworldly climax is the harder road and so I think when we encounter BDSM we're like oh well it is like kind of kind of hard and it's like no it's actually like the cheap and dirty road like it's it's quite quick to get there whereas what is so much harder is showing up in a relationship and being fully vulnerable. And I know when I talk about this, I'm like, it's going to sound like Brene Brown and I'm not going to be able to articulate it. And that's true. I haven't been with, I've never been in a partnership um, that he describes in the book of being with a twin flame. Um, but one thing I thought was really interesting is when at one point when they are conversing about sex and he doesn't know something and she does as the prostitute. She talks about how it's like so often we're quick to shame or humiliate the person into feeling inferior when it comes to like experience or wisdom. And she was like, love doesn't do that. And I was like, oh shit. How many fucking times in my life, in my waking life, do I even do this with friends and um, especially with partners where you're like, 
there's that level of like frustration, annoyance, impatience of like, you should know this. Um, but again, that's like, that is the harder, longer road of being like, like, how do I come at this? How do I be in this detached and open? I don't know if detached is the right word, but definitely open and constantly in the process of being aware of your thoughts and choosing differently. And I'm like, I actually feel exhausted just saying that sentence. So yeah, and then the last, oh yeah, I, I had said that the last um, milestone in this journey was like meeting someone or not like I, I already know them, but for them to like say, oh yeah, like I'm in this. I was like, of course you are. You are touch point number four in my season of learning about BDSM and the way we use it as a society. So thank you for sharing. Um, I'm just going to sit with to see if there's anything else I want to say. I think that's it. I did want to finish by reading this one page in the book. It's an excerpt. It's a small story. So I really liked this story. So here we go. Page 213 of Paolo Coelho's 11 Minutes. This is from Maria's Diary. Once upon a time, there was a bird. He was adorned with two perfect wings and with glossy, colorful, marvelous feathers. In short, he was a creature made to fly about freely in the sky, bringing joy to everyone who saw him. One day a woman saw this bird and fell in love with him. She watched his flight, her mouth wide in amazement, her heart pounding, her eyes shining with excitement. She invited the bird to fly with her and the two traveled across the sky in perfect harmony. She admired and venerated and celebrated that bird. But then she thought, he might want to visit far off mountains, and she was afraid, afraid that she would never feel the same way about any other bird, and she felt envy, envy for the bird's ability to fly, and she felt alone, and she thought, I'm going to set a trap. The next time the bird appears, he will never leave again. The, er, the bird, who was also in love, returned the following day, fell into the trap, and was put in a cage. She looked at the bird every day. There he was, the object of her passion, and she showed him to her friends who said, now you have everything you could possibly want. However, a strange transformation began to take place. And now that she had the bird and no longer needed to woo him, she began to lose interest. The bird, unable to fly and express the true meaning of his life, began to waste away and his feathers to lose their gloss. He grew ugly and the woman no longer paid him any attention, except by feeding him and cleaning out his cage. One day the bird died. The woman felt terribly sad and spent all her time thinking about him. But she did not remember the cage. She thought only of the day when she had seen him for the first time, flying contentedly amongst the clouds. If she had looked more deeply into herself, she would have realized that what had thrilled her about the bird was his freedom, the energy of his wings in motion and not his physical body. 
Without the bird, her life too lost all meaning and death came knocking at her door. Why have you come, she asked death, so that you can fly once more with him across the sky? Death replied, if you had allowed him to come and go, you would have loved and admired him even more. Alas, you now need me in order to find him again. Read 11 minutes. Watch normal people. Question anyone you see who only wants to be the dom or even the sub. Because if you're partaking in BDSM and you're doing it with presence or consciousness, I think that those roles should be changing and open for discussion. Yes, I'm going to leave it here. I was thinking there's so much more I could say about childhood trauma and our association with suffering within our own upbringing and then how we recreate those in relationships and why that can feel comforting. Um, the idea of power and control or neglect and humiliation. Um, but I think that that's enough. Okay. Thank you for listening. Happy Sunday. It's Father's Day here in Canada. I hope you're well. Thank you for listening to Voice Notes. I hope you found it insightful and I'd love to hear what comes up for you. If you have any lingering thoughts or just want to connect, feel free to reach out on Instagram with my handle in the show notes. Additionally, if you think a friend or family member would benefit from this conscious exploration, please share it with whomever you feel inclined to wander with. Thank you again for your time, your thoughts, and most importantly, your ears. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. See you soon.